Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hey, hey, friends. I am super excited for you to meet a new friend of mine. Her name is Desiree, and she has such a great perspective on life, on simplifying your life, on being intentional, content, and really purposeful with your time, with your possessions, with your life, with your relationships. And I absolutely love her perspective on all of this. She's got a very practical grace-based approach to minimalism, which I think is so refreshing. I actually met her because she was a part of my online community and asked to have me on her podcast. And it worked out that I was able to do that. So I was really just really enjoyed the conversation I had with her. And then we have her on the She Podcast today. And we are going to be talking all about what it looks like to live a minimal-ish life, which you'll hear more about what that means in just a bit. But before we dive in, I really just want to encourage you, if you feel overwhelmed or like you're really having a hard time saying no or overcommitted or just like your life is full of chaos and clutter, you're going to want to listen to this episode. <laughs> That's all I can say. Just definitely. It's not a super long episode, but a really great conversation, tons of tangibles and some really powerful perspectives that I think will challenge you and encourage you and probably give you that little boost you need to really maybe focus in on something that needs attention in your life. So all that to say, let me tell you a little bit about Desiree, just so you know who we're chatting with today, and then we're going to dive right in. Desiree is a mom, a wife, and host of the Minimal-ish podcast and a former classroom teacher turned online educator and work-at-home mom. Her goal is to give women the tools they need to dive into the version of realistic minimalism that fits their family best and to live more intentionally focused on what matters to them. She fully believes that God led her family to minimalism and changed her life through it and now calls her to share it so that other women can experience the freedom of living with less. Girls, gals, women, ladies, Gentlemen, if you're here, <laughs> you are in for a treat. Get ready. We are going to learn what it looks like to live a grace-based, practical, minimalistic lifestyle in which Desiree calls minimalish. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Desiree, welcome to the She Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I just got to be on your podcast not too long ago, the Minimal-ish podcast, which I love. And before we even dive in, can you explain the word minimal-ish? Because I love it. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about minimalism in this conversation, I think. But um, Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. But I kind of dove into the world of minimalism like a little less than two years ago. And 
I really love the concept of it and decluttering my home and all that and all of that stuff that goes along with it. But once I got probably like, I don't know, five, six months into it, I started to feel like the word was really limiting and like it was the minimalism community that's out there now because it's like a trendy thing. Mm felt really like kind of like a competition, like how little amount of like spoons can you have and live well? <laughs> like this is not what I'm about. Yeah. So I started using the word minimalish as kind of like a way to do it realistically and like with grace and mm. in a way that just it just felt like it made more sense to me. Mm. I love that. I think it's a really practical approach because I appreciate like the living less to do more concept, but at the same time when it becomes like almost more of a chore than something that's life-giving. It's like, okay, how do we find the balance here? So I think that's I think that's awesome, especially for someone with a busy life and, you know, someone who just doesn't care to be involved in the competition of it. I think that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So you like to sit on the floor and drink coffee while you're working. I know that about you. And I wrote a whole <laughs> lot of my book literally sitting on the floor and typing in the middle of moving. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like we relate on that level. I feel like there's like, it's so unglamorous. I'm like, man, if people saw that, like, I'm not even wearing pants and I'm laying on the floor and drinking coffee and working. We literally didn't have a desk for a while and it was just life. And so anyways, I totally relate. And so that one, that was like kind of a fun place I thought to start the conversation just to kind of set that experience of like, we're just doing the thing. But with that said, what is your go-to coffee drink? Like when you are sitting on the floor, you probably actually wear real pants. I, I don't, I call them hard pants. I don't wear hard pants. And I'm like, I don't wear jeans <laughs> unless I have to. But when I'm just, you know, working, I have my go-to drink, but what's your go-to drink when you are sitting on the floor and cranking out some work? Yeah. So I definitely don't wear real pants as well. So I can cool, perfect. <laughs> But I, uh, especially, I have a little one running around. I have a almost two-year-old mm. and I'm on the floor a lot with her and she's spilling my coffee. Uh -huh. but, but honestly, I love just like right now and it's like the middle of summer and it's hot and iced coffee is like mm -hmm. my go-to right now. Just not anything fancy, but I like some creamer in there. A lot of creamer actually. <laughs> you drink your of, coffee beige. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of like stevia or something, but that's, that's mm. really it. I can't do black iced coffee. I don't know if it's like me or if it's, I don't know. I just, I always like to feel like if I'm going to have iced coffee, there's like a, a creaminess to it or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I totally agree. That's funny. Do you drink, okay, this is weird, but have you ever had oat milk or do you drink like regular, like half and half? So it's funny. I, I do half and half and then we do raw milk, like straight from the cow. Okay. I have heard that's so much better. It is so good, but I haven't tried oat milk, but I've wanted to. How do you get raw milk? Like, I don't feel like that's like easily accessible. Like, you, do you just have a cow in your backyard? Like, how does, how does this work? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> right. That would be great. So it's different in every state because in some states, it's like an underground thing. So when we lived in Virginia, mm. it you literally would own a, I mean, not technically, but you would pay a basically a deposit and that would give you like, quote, ownership of the cow. So you'd be getting milk from your own cow which is on someone else's farm and they do everything for you. But it's, it's really weird because it's like, it's not, it's not that it's completely illegal, but it's illegal to sell it in a store or like in a regular way in Pennsylvania, where I am now, there's like a delivery truck that comes around with it. It's totally legal and normal. Hmm. It's still not really sold in stores, but I, I don't really like, I don't know all the regulations around it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely huh. like, it's like the underground, like milk market. <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> 
sounds like a drug trade. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. It takes some time to get the milk. Like it takes, it takes effort to get it basically. It's not like you can just go to a store and find it. Right. Well, I've heard it's much better for you. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's, it's different, but when we had chickens or when we got, when our chickens started laying eggs, I had never had like a, an egg that was, I mean, I've probably had fresh eggs like at a restaurant, but still that's not like straight from the chicken crack yeah. it in your pan. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. And so having like raw, it's so different. Like the yolk is like orange rather than like all processed and really light. And it's just, it's really good. Like they actually are really good. And so that made me like much more open to the idea of raw milk. I was like, okay, I can correlate. Like I understand how it works with chickens and eggs. And so I'm sure milk is similar in that when it comes directly from the source and you know, where you're getting your milk from too, which is kind of cool. But it, Funny to think that you've owned a cow, technically. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to give it back. Look, <laughs> I got my deposit back. Look at us, these little farmers over here. <laughs> I don't know if cows would fit into this minimalism lifestyle. They're they're kind of take up a lot of space, but at least you didn't have to have them in your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is funny. Oh my gosh, that how did we get into this conversation? This is great. This is fantastic. <laughs> if anyone's curious about milk and chickens, I've actually had people ask me about it. So. Yeah. Really? Okay. I feel like it's an it's helpful information and it's relevant, especially in like I feel like our world is trying to go so much more like organic and kind of waking up to the realities that of what our food kind of goes through than a lot of the times the store bought food we get. So maybe that's just maybe that's the biggest takeaway of today. Who knows? (laughs) But I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And I think that's actually kind of funny. So you wear a lot of hats from podcaster to writer to mom to apparently former cow owner. So (laughs) I think through all that, though, your common theme is minimalism. So tell me not only what that word means to you, but we talked a little bit about why the word minimal-ish. What does that mean to you and how is it at work in your life? Yeah, so I said this before, but like I think minimalism is like this buzzword right now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for good reason, because a lot of people are kind of, you know, walking towards a more simple life and simplifying Mm -hmm. their possessions and seeing that it creates a little bit of peace in their life or mm-hmm. it to me it creates a tool to kind of life change in general not just in your home but like mm-hmm. in every area of life so I think what it is to me is just like this invitation into a life filled up with what matters to us I think when we think of the word minimalism like if we don't know anything about it it feels maybe limiting like it's about I don't know deprivation and depriving mm-hmm. yourself and limiting yourself, but but I think it is. It's kind of like pushing away distractions mm-hmm. that we've let build up in our lives, and a lot of that looks like physical possessions, and that's why like the decluttering and the Marie Kondo and mm-hmm. you know tidying up and all of that has been the focus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it really starts. But I think that at its like deepest heart, it's about living intentionally and thinking through what you care about most, and then. Like my on the minimalist podcast, like my tagline is make room for what matters. And so that's that's really what I think, you know, it is to me is just it's this tool that lets me make room for what matters. It's a tool that causes me to pause and think about my life more intentionally in general. So that's kind of my definition of it. Mm, That's good. Tell me the moment that you decided to adopt the mindset and lifestyle of minimal ishism, I guess is the best way to say it. (laughs) Or what was kind of the final straw or the final moment that really pushed you into a more minimalistic life? Was there something specific that stands out? Yeah, like I can remember the day so clearly that I really even discovered the word minimalism and um, the whole movement of it. But I think kind of 
what was happening in my life before then was definitely kind of the final straw almost. I had been a very new mom at the time and I also had just went back to work after my maternity leave and I was a teacher. So I was a full-time teacher for four years and Mm I wanted, I knew when I was pregnant, I wanted to stay at home. That was just something that I never thought I'd want to do, but I I decided I wanted to. And and we weren't living a lifestyle that would allow that allow me to do that. We had kind of, you know, done the normal thing. Like we both had jobs. So now we're grown ups and we can get mm. two car payments now. Mm-hmm. And then and then we got a house and kind of became house poor before we even like and then, you know, we're having a baby and oh, okay, now I want to do things differently, mm-hmm. but our lifestyle wasn't really allowing that. So, so I went to part-time teaching and then I had these two, you know, other part-time jobs to make up for that, that were from home. And I was like, this is going to be fine being a new mom and having three jobs <laughs> gonna be just fine. and doing some of them from home while I'm trying to be a mom. So it was just like chaos. And then my tendencies all of my life have been kind of like, I'm, I'm a messy person. I could never really figure out how to be an organized person or like get my life together in any way, mm-hmm. not just in my space, but like in my brain too. So, mm-hmm. so it was all of that kind of together and, and just really wanting something like really wanting to be able to be home and really feeling like not purposeless, but I don't know, just like this, you know, if you're, if you're doing something and you feel so like, just not there. That's where mm. I was when I was at work. I was like, mm. and especially when I was teaching, I just couldn't be there. And that felt wrong. You know, I couldn't be there mentally because I'm, I was dealing with kids there too. So mm-hmm. it was just like uh, some value issues and, and just craziness and like overwhelm, just full on overwhelm at home and at work. And then that there was one day where my husband was like, he had a crazy work schedule at the time. He was coaching and he's a teacher too. So he wouldn't be home that often. And I was just in one of those like mom moments Mm -hmm. of just like waiting for my husband to get home, being in charge of, you know, my daughter all day and dealing with probably some crazy newborn stuff that I don't Mm -hmm. fully remember. And then I I went on to Netflix because that's what we do. Instead of like doing a million things that I needed to do, you Mm -hmm. know, on my list, I was like, all right, turn Netflix on. And I stumbled upon the minimalism documentary. And if you haven't watched that, that's like. I think I have watched it. I watched a good portion of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's. And I think that in the period of my life where I just had way too much on my plate, plus like our home was a wreck all the time because new mom life is like that sometimes it really spoke to me. And so I actually put it on pause, waited for my husband to get home and made him watch it with me. And then we started decluttering our pantry that day. That's just mm. a random place we started. Mm. So interesting. I 100% resonate with that. I feel like there's this, that time where you're like, okay, I need to simplify my life. But then that, like that desire to that's kind of growing in you, but then not really knowing quite what that means like you know something needs to change but then I love that you discovered that and it gave you a tangible of like here's a place to start why not the pantry you know and also that you did it together because I think getting him on the same page is so huge I think that can be sometimes hard where I've talked with friends who like they just kind of were like I'm done I'm over it and they start like decluttering everything and their husband's like hey where's my shirt you know so I love that you got him on the same page and kind of made it like a family project and allow that to really shift your lifestyle and your focus and the the direction that you were going it's so interesting 
And I feel like I'm at a place where I'm like, I kind of need to do that. I feel like I've done that in my work in some ways. Like I feel like there was a lot of things I needed to do to declutter and to, I felt like I had so many things and so many offerings and so many directions. And I was like, okay, this is enough. Like I'm having a mental breakdown, you know? And I really started to like, just be okay with like, okay, we're going to let that go. And we're going to let that go. And we're going to let that go. And we're going to cut that. And we're going to just zero in, you know, and it's taken time to do that, but it's been really healthy because it's given me so much more focus and clarity as to where to go and peace too, like you said. So I think minimalism can really apply outside of just necessarily our homes. Like I think our lifestyles, our time, our work, like these areas where there's can be a lot of clutter and commitments and overwhelm. It's like, how do you start to simplify that, you know? Yeah. So I always like to say that like, for me, simplifying and like just the life change that's come with it has happened from the outside in. Like Mm -hmm. usually we say like life change happens from the inside out. And of course, like it does in, in a lot of ways, but I like to call this like my big life change of my like adult life has happened from the outside in. And it, I think like the best place to start, if you're feeling overwhelmed and feel like I need to simplify just in general. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of self-discovery that that comes with that and that comes with minimalism. And we have to like ask ourselves, what is it that is overwhelming us? Because maybe it isn't your home, but in a lot of cases it is. It's like our external environment, whether it be our home or maybe like our schedules or like you said, like your work life, like whatever you've whatever you've kind of either overfilled in your life or overcommitted to and kind of just start there. And I think it, it then starts to give you more space, whether it's in your, like, you know, in your work life or in your home, like that, that space that you discover, it, it's amazing what can happen in that space and that like new time that you're given, because whenever your home is cluttered, it's, I I don't know, I, I never correlated like, clutter and time but it's amazing how the stuff that was surrounding me at all times is like actually taking up my time because then it's like okay then I have all these things on my to-do list like I need to go through the and fold the laundry which takes like a hundred hours because I have so many like so much so many of the same t-shirt in different colors (laughs) exactly yeah so I think that's where I think like I think the your external environment is just such a tangible place to start and then simplifying like in minimalism, it doesn't really stop there. I think that's what we like see it as. It's like, okay, declutter. And like now my whole life's changed. Mm. Like it's like a whole mindset shift. And I don't mean it like, I think for some people, like minimalism has become like a religion. And I don't, I don't mean it like that. I mean, like at the heart of minimalism is this idea that like, we don't need more to be enough. Mm. And we can lean on things like gratitude and things like believing like our worth and that we are enough. And and I like to like talk about those. I, I had a whole like free mini course I did on those this summer because it's, I'm like, this is the deeper stuff that really is going to change you. And that really matters is when we lean on these, like, you know, when we lean on gratitude, we lean into opening our eyes to what's around us. And then we don't have to keep filling up our homes and our schedules to feel like we're worthy, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. That's so good. I love that you have that mindset too, that it's deeper. It's not just about what you have or don't have. It's like the making space for what matters. And that actually really reminds me of something you posted on Instagram that I really resonated with. You said, I don't want my actions, my stress or my reactions to paint a picture for my daughter that she's just too much. I don't want her emotions to feel like an inconvenience. I want her to know that she's loved. I think that's so powerful and such a healthy perspective. And so I guess I'm curious, like, tell me what your relationships looked like before adopting this new lifestyle and mindset and after 
becoming a little bit more minimalistic and adopting this new mindset? Yeah, I think a huge shift has happened as I really leaned into the idea of contentment, which is another like kind of mindset or just like, I don't know, aspect of minimalism is, is starting to look around and be content with what you have. And, and I started to realize that like contentment can't, is something that I need to like hold on to in, in my relationships as well. It's not mm. just about like, okay, I'm content with my home, even though I don't have the best desk ever. I always talk about my desk because it's so small and like <laughs> it tips over if my daughter pushes it with like one hand and she's two. <laughs> so when I'm talking about contentment, I always talk about that, but, but it's not just about that. It's like, how do we become content when we are surrounded with like an imperfect world and when mm. we're imperfect and yeah. how do we become content with ourselves but then like what I realized is that you know I value and and feel so much love and appreciation when I feel when you know someone shows me love even when I'm honestly when I'm acting like too much you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like or when I'm having a little like adult tantrum or whatever it might Mm. be like that still happens and And so I think that in my relationships and like, especially as a mom and with my daughter before minimalism, you know, she was really, really little at that point. But I think, you know, as, as she's gotten older, I, it's been a learning experience for me. That's what motherhood is. It's Mm -hmm. like learning on the fly basically. And so I, I think that as I've kind of shifted into the mindset aspect of minimalism and which has happened really in her like younger toddlerhood, like when she was, when she just turned one was really when I started thinking of the idea of like slowing down and contentment. And, and so I think what I realized is that like, when I'm overwhelmed, I easily react to things. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm very self-focused when I'm overwhelmed, because Mm -hmm. it's almost like I'm trying to figure out how to get out of this. And that's all I can think about is like what I need to do next and Mm -hmm. how am, you know, how am I going to get my needs met in this in this time when I'm super overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. I feel like I just am all I'm doing is tending to people and things that I put on my plate and so it's like I've become so reactive when I'm overwhelmed and and as a mom even in any relationship like with my husband like when we're and anyone can relate to this with any relationship that you have like when you're reactive in those relationships what message are you showing that person Mm -hmm. that like in your deepest heart of hearts, like you love them and you want to show them that they're loved and you want them to know that they're enough. How can we do that whenever we're so overwhelmed? Like all we can do is react to something. So I think that like after, you know, as these, as I've grasped onto these mindset shifts, like really, really go into contentment, even though definitely not perfect. Um, It's just helped me be able to like pause in those moments when I, when I still do sometimes feel overwhelmed or when I feel like, okay, what is even happening with this Mm -hmm. like crazy toddler that I don't know, (laughs) I don't know what her emotions mean right now. Like I can pause and realize like, okay, I, I know that, you know, my reaction means some, like it's going to mean something to her. And so how can I be love to her? If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I I think, again, it's this perspective. I love that you brought up contentment because, again, (laughs) isn't that like what we're all seeking ultimately? Yeah. And the gratitude of that and also really like taking a very relational perspective because I love that you had differentiated between when I'm overwhelmed, I'm reactive and very self-focused and then that can harm my relationships. But when I'm 
healthy and balanced and intentional that actually helps my relationships thrive and thrive and allows me to actually probably be when you're proactive, you're not going to end up probably being as reactive. And that's so powerful for relationship and also for being content in that space, you know, and kind of holding that tension of like, okay, it's chaos. Okay. I don't have the best desk, but I'm making progress and I'm moving the needle and my daughter just pushed it over. But how can I love her through that? But when you're overwhelmed, it's like the desk falling over is like the end of the world. Right. And in reality, it's like, that's really not the end of the world, but it can feel like it. So I love that you shared that. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. This episode is brought to you by Bull and Branch. You've probably slept in a king or queen bed, but have you ever actually slept like a king or queen? Or what about a president? 
Bowl and Branch sheets are the softest and most comfortable in the world, and they're the only bedding loved by three U.S. presidents. Fun fact there. We just got our Bowl and Branch sheets, and they are so soft, so smooth, so silky, and I am so stoked to be sleeping in them. <laughs> All of Bowl and Branch sheets are made with top quality raw materials, including 100% organic cotton free of toxins and pesticides. Right now, for a limited time, you can get Bowl and Branch's luxury flannel bedding. These keep cool sleepers warm, and because they breathe, keep the warm sleepers cool. Shipping is always free, and you can try the sheets out for 30 nights risk-free. And my listeners can get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com with the promo code SHE. Just go to B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com and use the promo code SHE to get $50 off your first set of sheets. You posted four questions that helped it to translate to realistic minimalism. Tell me those four questions and why they're so important. Yeah. So I think that minimalism only works if you make it work for your actual life and your actual season and, you know, whatever it looks like for you. It's like taking the parts of it that, that make sense for your life and making it happen. And mm-hmm. so, you know, whatever you're deciding to like declutter or, you know, remove from your life. I think that there are some questions that we can use. And this is especially like with physical clutter. I think a lot of people have asked me like, how do I even start? Or that's, that's like where they get tripped up is like, I'm too overwhelmed to start. So Mm. I feel like, okay, these four questions can help you like go and open up a drawer in your kitchen or wherever, like go to your drunk drawer, even if you really want to challenge Mm. and, and go through these questions or like use these questions as you go through your entire house. And the first one is how often do you use this item or how do you use it frequently? And, and, you know, whatever your answer is, you evaluate if you keep it or not, but Mm. if you haven't used it in a month and like, if you don't use it monthly, depending on what it is, like, is it worth keeping? How much space is it taking up that Mm. kind of thing? So that's the first question. Um, And then the second one is, is this item meaningful to me? Does it bring joy in some way? You know, I don't think we can keep everything that brings joy because like, you know, I think of things that people, like if you're a teacher, if you have kids or something, Mm -hmm. like everything you like little lovely children make for you, like you can't keep all that unless you want piles and piles of paper clutter throughout Mm -hmm. your entire life. But like, what is this thing? You know, do you plan to just keep it away in a drawer and never see it again until like four months from now? That mm-hmm. might not be a good enough reason to keep it. But if it brings joy, like it, it, that might be a good reason to keep it as well. Three, the third one is how or do you have plans to use this item in the near future? Uh, a lot of people ask me, like, what do you do with stuff that you like plan to use again? Like in my case, like baby stuff if you have plans to use it in the near future, like, I don't think you should just throw away everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also, you know, we can't keep every single thing, but if it, if it has, if it has a use for you in the future and you have, have that planned out and you know, when you use it, then, you know, you, if you, if you have space for it, which is the fourth question, mm-hmm. then you keep it. So that's the last question. Do you have space for it? Because, you know, if we live in like a 500 square foot apartment, then you might not be storing as many things as someone who lives in like, a two-story house with a basement and, you know, ample storage space. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's bad to store things if you know you're going to use them. But I also don't think we can store everything unless we want to, like, one day down the road, like, spend a whole week going through all of that because mm-hmm. we're like, why did we even keep it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Totally, totally. That's so good. I love those questions because it really helps you analyze what you're looking at. 
I think sometimes we yeah. can, like we have emotional attachment to things or we've had it forever. Like I have things in my, like I, I remember one time when I was decluttering my closet, I'm like, I have no use for this. Don't like it. We'll probably never wear it, but I got it when I was, you know, here. And so I need it. And it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> it's really not I necessary. Know. So I think that's really good. I love it. Okay. Last thing I want to kind of dive into now that we have kind of just a basis for analyzing the things that we have in our possession and the things that might be creating clutter or overwhelm in our lives. I also love how you touch on saying no so we can keep the commitments that really are priorities, I guess, making space for the things that matter as you talk about. So I found that when I do this, I don't feel as stuck and I feel much more creative and free when I have those healthy boundaries, even though I might disappoint somebody or feel a little bit of that resistance that can come when you set those boundaries in place. So I guess my question is, with that said, what would you say to the woman or the girl who feels really stuck in her overwhelm and doesn't even know where to begin to make space for what matters most? Yeah. So, oh, when it comes to saying no, like I definitely am a people pleaser, so I can feel that struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes like I won't, if I, if I have something I have to say no to, like I will literally like, especially in the past, like I'll procrastinate answering that message or whatever it is mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I don't want to say no. I know it's hard, mm-hmm. but um, I think like, Anytime we feel stuck, like we can either, you know, if that is for the example of saying no, like we can either move past that feeling of stuck and do it anyways, or we can just like lean on the idea that we never want to disappoint anyone. So we're just going to, you know, give up our time for things that aren't as important to us and, and just live, I guess, for other people's values instead of our own, just because we're afraid to disappoint other people. So I think like to kind of give like a step-by-step for that, just when you're feeling overwhelmed for any, like in any way that you want to simplify your life, if it just feels like this isn't even possible because I've Mm. definitely heard that is that I actually heard someone say once I was talking to Courtney Carver and she does like project 333 and all of that. She does like decluttering your wardrobe. And, mm. and she said something that stuck with me. And I want to share that. So what she said was saying like, this is too hard or this is overwhelming or, you know, I don't know how to start is also could be like the same as saying, I don't want to start. Mm. And not in a way that we're like, you know, actively saying that, but like subconsciously, that's kind of what we're saying is because you know, it might be an uphill battle to declutter and to simplify your life and to make those hard decisions and to maybe disappoint some people. Like, yes, that's like, that's, there's resistance there. Like mm-hmm. that's an uphill battle, but, but you are so capable of walking up a hill, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. even though I live on at the top of the hill, I don't want to walk up the hill sometimes, mm-hmm. but like I'm capable of it. So, you know, you can, you, if it's important to you, if you want to live a life that has room for the things that matter to you and it has room for you to be able to like pause and intentionally think about your values and then, you know, pivot and shift and and live that way, then you're going to have to walk uphill a little bit and you might feel resistant to that, but you are capable. So that's, I think that's my biggest encouragement is just to like, to start to shift your mindset to, I'm so overwhelmed right now to like you know, this is hard, but I'm, I'm capable and, and I'm not stuck. And mm-hmm. all I have to do is just like, you know, I have to do this hard thing or I have to make this hard decision. And then the last encouragement I have is just to like, do it right now. Mm-hmm. And like walk into, you know, while you're listening to this, if it is your physical possessions that are bogging you down and overwhelming you, then, you know, walk to whatever drawer that's overflowing or, you know, pile of stuff that's on your couch right now. And, 
and start to sort through it. Like, hmm. you know, take those questions or whatever else, and just make some piles, set a timer for 20 minutes. I always think the timer method is like such a way to beat overwhelmed because even if you like, if you don't feel like cleaning your house or something, but you really need to mm-hmm. just put a timer for 20 minutes and see what all you get done. If you just like put your phone away and, and do it in that hmm. time and not get distracted by other things, you can do so much in that time. Hmm. So good. I've actually been trying to do this thing. It's a little bit different, but again, I think it comes to that focus and like, nope, I'm not giving this my attention or I'm not committing to focus on this right now. Actually working in like two hour blocks. So like we had a friend recently give us advice that they start work at like 11 a.m., which seems really late, but it's just what works for their lifestyle. And they work till four and like that's their time block. But within that, they give themselves like an hour and a half to two hour like project block or something like that. And so I think actually like looking like this is the time that I've dedicated. Yes, this is going to pop up and I still need to pay that bill and I still need to clean this thing and do that. But like I am dedicating these two hours to this drawer or whatever. And it's like it can feel like such a big amount of time, I think. But you actually I've been told if you have a task that takes that would take two hours if you just did it. But if you allow like yourself to not be as like diligent about saying no to anything else that isn't that task for those two hours it can take you eight like there have been times where I'm like I'm gonna do this it'll take me two hours and it's eight hours later and I'm like I still haven't finished these slides or whatever I'm doing because 17 other things came up and so I think that's so powerful to remember and to actually implement in our lives and own take ownership of and have discipline enough to say okay phone's going in a drawer (laughs) and I will answer these other things later and actually giving yourself that space to make that a priority so that you can slowly get unstuck just in like hour increments or 30 minute increments or small things like that. So I love that. Yeah. So yeah. good. Okay. So I want to know, we are talking all about just like really being more present and content in your everyday life and finding those things that create space for what matters most rather than feeling like you just have to accumulate and do and be all everything to everyone all over. So with that, I think you're the perfect person to ask. I've been asking a lot of interviewees. I've been trying to ask everybody, but I think this is like so relevant to what we're talking about even more so than sometimes so many other things that we can talk about on this show. How do you own your everyday? How does Desiree, what's one way that you show up in your everyday life, one way that you are practicing intention, you know, whether it's through minimalism in your home or whether that's through intentional time with your child or whatever that looks like for you like what's one discipline that you've implemented to help you show up and own your everyday yeah that's such a good question and I have read your book and love it by the way that's Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I think that the main thing just thinking through it thinking of like all the things the main thing that I've done as a constant for a year now that has really helped me you know, do uh, create space, literally create space and time in my day that wasn't there before is waking up earlier. And, Hmm. and, you know, it can be, I think for anyone, it could be different times of day or whatever it looks like for different seasons. But for me in my current season, I do want to be intentional with my daughter. And, 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 you know, I started a podcast and, and that's like become my work now in a lot of ways. So I am working from home and, that does take me away from my family at times, which is totally okay because it's something I care about. And it's like part of, you know, my values to, to live creatively and do the things that I care about. But to be able to do that, it's like, I have to really watch my time because I could be, you know, checking my phone all day and responding to messages and responding to emails and, and feel like justified by that because it's like, Oh, I work from home and it's okay. Like, and I don't believe that I have to be present with my daughter for every single second. You know, that would make her, completely relying on me for her entertainment, which is not okay. (laughs) But I um, 
waking up earlier and having a morning routine where it's not just about like, it's not just my me time, but it's also my work time. So I wake up like way earlier. I wake up like at least two hours earlier than her. And it gives me a good chunk of time where I, I do probably like a 20 minute morning routine where I do start with gratitude and prayer. And, you know, I write down some affirmations and I pray over those affirmations uh, mm-hmm. because I really don't believe that I can do this all on my own, um, all on my own strength. So that's, that helps set me up for an intentional day. And then I have at least an hour of time where I get to like do really important work tasks and be creative in the morning. And then it makes me just like so ready to be a present mom during the day. And, you know, I, I allocate other time to work throughout the day. I don't do everything in just like one and a half hours in the morning, but Mm -hmm. that really helps me be present in the rest of my day. And, and it was hard in the beginning to do that, but it's something that, you know, now that it's become a routine, it does help me own my everyday. I love it. So good. I love it. So simple and so doable, but yet so sometimes something we sometimes forget in that in that regard. So yeah. I love that. I think that's really awesome. Well, Desiree, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your wisdom, for giving us some ideas and some tangibles and some really powerful perspectives and reality checks just to check our hearts and see how we can be more intentional and content and present and thankful for the life that we have and how we can best steward it and really live it with full intention, full purpose, and really full focus. So it means so much. Where can everyone find you and the podcast that you run to learn even more about this? Yeah. So I am just at like my first and last name.com is my website where you can find my podcast. It's DesireeEndries.com. But also you find me on Instagram at Minimalish Podcast. And then my podcast is The Minimalish Podcast, which you can just like search anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Awesome. It is so good. And I got to join you not too long ago. So guys, go listen to that episode if you want to hear even more on this from the minimalism perspective. Desiree, thanks so much. It's been such a blessing to have you on. Yeah, thank you. It's been such an honor to be on the She Podcast. Thank you so much. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. 